0: Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates
1: your world.
2: I want to comment on uh, last night on sixty Minutes. Uh, uh, President Obama, uh, President-elect Obama, and uh, his wife Michelle were on for an hour. Did you happen to see that?
0: No, I didn't. I wish no, I had it though. Was,
2: it was such a wonderful interview. Just. I just think there's so much uh, potential for a big, big time change uh, in the way uh, things have been done for a long, long time in Washington. Um, And our standing in the world, I think, is going to really be elevated dramatically uh, with the presence of this uh, transformational figure in the name of uh, our new president. I was very hopeful, very excited, laughed out loud a few times. It was fun to watch him and his wife go back and forth and seeing his wife correct him. And I'm looking at it and he's thinking, wait a second here, I'm the president of the United States. (laughs) I don't care. They asked him if his mother-in-law was going to move into the uh, White House. He said she can go anywhere she wants. <laughs> right answer Very right diplomatic. answer <laughs> yeah it was, a, it was a really great hour i just uh you could see the real human side and and their concern about their children and um you know just this, all the kinds of stuff that all of us think about and i think he offers some some great opportunities for new leadership and a new compelling kind of message to the world that uh we are all one over here in this country and that we're all good people and we uh and we want the whole world to be living in peace, rather than all of this fighting that's been going on forever.
0: Yeah, so. I'm really hoping it's a dawn of a new decade.
2: I am too. You're I was listening us to into uh,
0: 2012 and my, beyond.
2: My friend David Hawkins. I was listening to one of his tapes. I, I play. I play lectures uh, every single day in my car. I never let ten or fifteen minutes go by. I'm either in, in silence and meditating, or I listen to uh, some of the lectures from the various I can do it. I pick the ones that I want. I was listening to David Hawkins this morning, and he was saying that. Uh, 93% of the time that human beings have been recording history, 93% of the time, going way back to writing on caves, uh, we have been at war in one way or another. The planet and the people uh, and the reports are all have all been at war. It's only 7% of the time. And in the 7% of the time when we're not at war, we've been preparing for it. <clears throat> so it's, uh, and it was speaking about, we we need people in positions of leadership who are uh, who, it isn't that they they believe in peace so much, is that they live it, that they have in their hearts a uh, a consciousness that uh, is what he you know he calls it the uh, uh, you know I- I measurement of energy, but uh, you know calibrations that he does. But uh, we need high calibrating people in positions of of influence and importance and power. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that. And uh, I think it's a very hopeful time for our planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'd better figure out a way to Mm -hmm. stop always being at war with each other, or there won't be uh, any humanity left. Um, Agreed. uh, Anyway, it was a great hour yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling terrific, and I'm ready to talk to whoever wants to call in.
0: Okay. And I think our first person to go on air with us today is going to be Bob in Denver, Colorado. Bob, I'd like to welcome you to the program today. You're speaking live with Dr. Wayne Dyer.
3: Dr. Dyer, how are you
2: today? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. How are you, my friend?
3: I missed you when you are out here at uh, Mile High. Uh, yeah, I like, was just there. You... It was great. I, I ended up getting the uh, presentation. Uh, you know, Dr. Teal always records stuff, and uh, it was great.
2: Right. It was,
3: it's been great well, following thank... you over the last time. Uh,
2: thank through. you, yeah. I've been speaking at that church, uh, I think, for 25 or 27 years now. Uh, Almost every year, the Mile High Church of Religious Science uh, in Lakewood, Colorado. Good people and a great place to go if you're in the Colorado area and you want to know where to meet like-minded spiritual uh, people, advanced people. um, That's a good place.
3: Well, I tripped over it by accident one day when a friend said, Have you ever been there? I said, No, what is it? And then I'd heard Mm -hmm. you were out there, and I said, Where is this place? And I I haven't stopped since. It's it's a very, as you said, (laughs) a very neat place uh, from a spiritual standpoint. Absolutely. My question, you've always uh, inspired me with your books, your latest book, Power of Intention. Um, And I was curious when you said that, one, you had to give up drugs and alcohol to get to the next level of consciousness. Um, How did you do it? Just one day you decided that was it? It's over with? Drugs no
2: more? Yeah, very good question. Um, I did it because... um, I just no longer. Uh, uh, I no longer wanted to disappoint the highest place within myself. I didn't mind disappointing myself. I didn't mind disappointing uh, my family, people around me, um, <clears throat> whoever. I was always able to just say, "All right, if I disappoint them, so what?" But um, when I finally decided I didn't want to disappoint God, which is to me the highest place within all of us that we are all connected to, um, it was it was a simple thing. And then. Uh, I was really given direction. Um, I had a quantum moment uh, back in November um, the 1985, I think it was, 86, and um, I awoke at about four o'clock in the morning and I had this vivid sense of uh, something very profound was happening. I talk about this, by the way, the entire thing in my new film, um, which will be out in January, called Ambition to Meaning uh which I encourage you by the way that that is a website that anybody out there listening can go to if you want to see a little bit about the movie and and what it means cuz I've just seen the full length uh, first time first cut of the movie and I was so deeply and profoundly touched by it anyway I tell that story in there about uh, that quantum moment that that occurs and I think when you're ready they say when the student is ready that the teachers will appear and uh, leaving alcohol behind my my teacher in India had said that uh You know, he said you'll have to practice sobriety if you want to really reach the highest levels that you would like to reach because, um, you know, you can't be putting things into your brain uh, which are going to destroy cells. You've got to put things in there that will elevate them and and make you stronger. And, And I said, well, I don't have any problem with sobriety. I just would like to have a few beers in the evening because that's all I ever did. I had two or three beers, but I had them every day for some 20 years. And I played around with different kinds of drugs and so on. And once I uh, once I had that quantum moment, and um, the the room actually smelled like roses. It felt like I was in a enclosed room, but there was a breeze in the room, which is with no air conditioning on or anything. It, it was a very magical moment in my life, and and uh, I heard a voice tell me, uh, "This will be easy. All you have to do is stay connected to your source. Just stay connected to your source." And um, I just let go of it. And then it's been 22 years now since I've had alcohol in my body. And I always tell people, that's that that's big. That's really big. But you don't do it by thinking big. Uh, in the Tao, it says that great sages uh, accomplish great things by thinking small. You know, that the journey of a thousand miles or a thousand days or or 25 years begins with a single step, a single day. And be in that day, just be in that moment, and don't tell yourself anything about a future moment or a past moment. Just stay in the moment, and uh, stay as highly connected to your source as you can, because your source is really a place of well-being. And, uh, and you want to know something, Bob? It was one of the easiest things I ever did in my life. I, I don't take any credit for having done something courageous. Um, it was just I was just carried right through it. I was like a leaf, blowing in the wind. I was just allowing myself to uh, to be taken to where I was to, to go and everything in my life changed after i did that um i started sleeping better i wasn't groggy at at at, at nighttime um i my my circulation improved um <clears throat> virtually everything about me in fact the, even the food that i ate and the people i began to attract into my life all shifted as a result of uh, of letting go of those of those low energies i don't know if that helps you or not
3: no it does uh, in my own journey of you know being inspired by you okay how am I going to get to this next level and both I I can't have one without the other or Mm. I can have one without the other so to speak and I came across an article by Colin Wilson the British philosopher have you ever read about him?
2: Colin Wilson yes I, I, I admire him enormously he's one of the great minds of the 20th century
3: and what was fascinating was at 16 years old he had to drop out of school because his parents didn't have any more money Mm -hmm. And he sat there getting other jobs and doing other things. And finally, one day, as a chemist in a lab, he came home, decided to commit suicide by drinking some form of acid. Mm -hmm. And just before he did, he had this incredible, I'll call it, realization where he thought to himself, there's two Colin Wilsons here, one, a self-pitying idiot who basically feel sorry for himself and is a the victim of the world, mm-hmm. and the other is an aspiring philosopher. But the idiot is trying to kill both of them. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, he realized um, his destiny was to follow his true self versus his self-pitying it, so to speak.
2: That's great. It's a great story. I remember reading that about Colin Wilson. Yeah, and and some of his stuff is just uh, just astounding. What, what the, the, he's he's been a great teacher in my life. But tell me about how that relates to you, Bob. What is what? Um, well, you know, what's go- on the A wake up
3: call. You know, I have mm-hmm. been reading your stuff, buying your tapes, buying a disc. I'm an avid PBS, you know, admirer. Mm-hmm. You know, over the years, and I'm trying to think, you know, about those two or three drinks I've been taking every night. What is that doing for me and then all of the stuff i'll tell you in an instant lined up once i heard that story everything freaking made sense
2: right like
3: that that here's the my repeating victim within me
2: mm-hmm. is
3: killing the both of us you yeah. know it's basically it's a physical suicide you know drinking alcohol all the time
2: yeah it is because it's it, it you know it calibrates if you take uh, alcohol and calibrate it. Just if you hold, if you do a, a muscle test on a bottle of scotch or whatever it is that you drink, and hold it next to your chest and just do a, a simple kinesiology test, uh, you'll find that you'll go weak next to that. The best test for it is to take uh, whatever you drink and to pour it over your dog food, and then watch your dog and see what your dog does. You know, see if your dog will drink it with uh, or eat the food after there's been scotch poured on it, and they'll walk away and look at you like you're insane. Why would you feed me poison? But what I recommend, you know, because this call is re- very important to me, very significant thing, uh, what you're saying, and that was a beautiful story you told about Colin Wilson, I'll, and I'll use it again. I'll, re- it, uh, it's a good reminder that there is something inside of us not only that wants to kill itself, but wants to kill the aspiring brilliance that you that you uh, incarnated here uh, to 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 be to perform. It's so funny. This all so much ties in with, uh, with my new film, Ambition to Meaning. I'm, I'm look, look, I hope you get a chance to, to, uh, to watch it. I'm looking forward um, to it. Yeah. What I'd like you to do, though, is just make a commitment right now that just today, just this Monday, on this day, that you'll let those uh, drinks, whatever it is, go. Just today. And, and, and don't make any decision about tomorrow. Okay? Just uh, ask, you know, I'm asking you, can you go this day? today. Take uh, that step and without any inclination towards what you're going to do tomorrow or next week or how difficult something might be or whatever. Because the the truth is that when you have gone a day without drinking, you are a different person after 24 hours than you are right now when you know you're going to have a drink right now. And you want to let that person decide about tomorrow and then the next. And and so that's what I've been doing all along. The person that is sitting here now uh, th- thinks it would be absolutely absurd for me to put any alcohol into my body. Uh, that's a different person than the one who used to just automatically pick up a uh, you know a can of beer or whatever and, and drink it down. So can you go just today? Absolutely. Okay, that's all. Okay, just today. You got it, my friend. I'm uh, and I'd be very interested to know how the how the person that you are tomorrow will react rather than today. But don't don't make any decisions about it. And give yourself the total freedom if you want to have a drink tomorrow to have it.
3: Well freedom is basically in now and uh being present in now. And that's what I enjoy.
2: Yeah. 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 How old how old are you, Bob?
3: Uh fifty five.
2: Fifty five. How long have you been drinking?
3: Oh gosh. Um, I'd say probably five years.
2: hmm Okay, well you've got you've got something there's something really great waiting for you. And, see, the, the reason I know that is because, you see, there, there is a person inside of you that decided you're going to pick up the telephone today and you're going to dial this number and you're going to go on hold. And the chances of getting on are pretty remote, you know, because there's thousands of people, you know, that, and and you're going to make something happen today. That person is saying there's something going on in my life that I really no, no longer uh, feel like I'm in charge of. And, um, you know, so... You must have something really great that 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 you're about to do that you're going to need your full brain capacity in order to perform, and that's how I see it.
0: I'm going to give you another caller if you're ready for okay, her. Okay, I am. Oh, yeah, let's see who we've got. Let's pull out the old uh, the rabbit out of the hat. Who will it be? How about Penny from? Oh, it's Ontario. I'm not sure how to pronounce your um, pronounce your ta- uh, your town, Penny. It's the touch one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Time for me to take a drink of water. See, Dr. Dyer was stumbling over his words. I'm stumbling over mine. We're all doing it today.
2: <laughs> hi, Penny. Or catch what's, hi. The your, what's the name of your town?
1: Metachewan. It's about six hours north of Toronto.
2: Oh, Natachawan. Yeah. I don't know that town.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Near Timmins. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about an hour and a half south
2: of Timmins. Yeah. Oh, know, beautiful it's up now. there.
1: Oh, it is. It yeah. is. It's very nice. Well, I'm so thrilled to be speaking with you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I saw you for the uh, first time about seven years ago on a PBS special, and, uh-huh. uh, and I thought to myself, I'm going to meet that man someday. So I'm just thrilled to be speaking with you even today. and,
2: and I Well, know this, I, is this, this is the <laughs> beginning. Come, come to Maui. Oh, I would love you but I think my... I'll
1: go to Toronto first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm coming to Toronto. Uh, I know I think you in April. are in April. Yeah, I'll see you I, there. Have that, yeah. I have
1: that mark, so I uh, hope to. If not, Maui might be it. But
2: my very first girlfriend was named Penny. Oh my first he? girlfriend! Oh. oh my goodness, I was so in love. Oh my god, oh. I couldn't look at her without going.
1: Well, I'm oh. glad to bring
2: back the memories for
1: you. <laughs> well, my question for mean? you, right?
2: Go ahead. Go okay. ahead.
1: Um, I'm just struggling with a decision, Um, and I just kind of like a little bit of guidance as to whether Mm -hmm. it's actually my ego, which I don't really believe it is, but anyway, I'm struggling trying to, um, a place where I work, for me it's not a healthy environment mentally, it's a strain on me, and um, I'd really like to walk away from it. I just don't know if it's my ego saying that I can do better, I can do something else, but to walk away from my only source of um, financial stability, it's, it's really kind of nerve-wracking. And I don't have support through my family because they told me to suck it up and keep working. <laughs> like, oh, well,
2: I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that, <laughs> but I am going to tell you that what I would recommend before you make any decision about leaving or not leaving is to bring a different person to work um, than you've been bringing. And that is uh, the peace that you want from this job, the happiness that you want, the joy that you would that, that you would like to have, you know, want that joy, that happiness, that peace want that for everybody else that you work with more than you want it for yourself. Just try it for a week, just like going in it's like, okay, I want to be at peace and I want to be happy, but look at this one over here and look at this guy over here and my boss over there and the way this is, and I'm going to want what I want for myself. I'm going to want it and I'm going to just act on that, on that desire to make everybody else's life around me have the peace, the happiness, the joy. That, it, that I want that's missing in my life just try just projecting it just making it making a difference in their lives it can be giving them a book it can be just handing them a bookmark it can be um, you know getting them a, a cup of coffee it can be sending them an email it can be bringing them some flowers and especially the ones that are the biggest pain in the ass you know the ones that are, are, that are the ones that are most difficult for, for whoever that person is and you know who that person is mm-hmm. um, Want that? Want that? Try that. You know, that's, that's what Lao Tzu called living the virtues. You know, where you where you want what you want for yourself more for the other, other. The people around you. And it is like you want you know more money or you want any of that. You know, it's just like uh, make a bring that person to work for a few days. And see if your job situation doesn't change. And then when you are able to do that, when you have created, see, because you don't go to an environment that is unhappy and then that unhappy environment, that uh, you use the word unhealthy, that uh, mentally unhealthy environment brings you down. It doesn't work like that. The reason that you're The reason that you're unhappy or depressed or whatever it is about where you work is because you have taken on the very same things that you don't like and gotten mad at people for being mad at you, gotten frustrated with people for being frustrated with you, getting upset with people for being upset with you. In other words, you have taken on their energy. and and, and blamed them for your your lack of peace in, in your environment when you recognize as, as I have always said of Jesus that when he went into a village just his presence in the village and nothing else would elevate the consciousness of everybody in the village that's what you want to do elevate the consciousness of others by being a being of love okay give it a try Thank
0: you. Thanks for Thank your call. Thank you. God bless you. you.
2: Yeah. right. Mm-hmm.
0: Dr. <laughs> Dyer will be right back after this short break with more of your program, Dr. Wayne Dyer's Inspiration. We're talking with Dr. Wayne Dyer today. This is Dr. Wayne Dyer's Inspiration. I'm Summer McStravict, your host as well this hour, and we're looking at all of what's going on in your life today, and and, uh, Dr. Dyer is giving you some great suggestions. I know a lot of the topics that uh, uh, the callers bring up, you are relating to yourself, Um, a lot of universal themes out there right now that we're all really responding to. Dr. Dyer, I'd like to um, go ahead and take another of our callers, if that's okay, okay. with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why don't we work now with Courtney? She's calling from Colchester, Vermont. Welcome to the program on line six. Hi.
4: Thanks so much. It's uh, truly an honor.
2: Hi, Courtney. How are you?
4: I'm doing great. Way and things.
2: I'm oh, calling. I'm,
4: I'm calling because recently, I guess less than a year ago, I got uh, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, um, and I've been trying all kinds of alternative healing methods and positive thinking. And luckily, I was already a yogi to begin with. So. Oh, good. Uh, but the thing is, I'm a chef and uh, a real successful chef teaching here at a big culinary school in New England and, uh, and having trouble with, you know, functioning, obviously, it's quite hard. And so I'm just brainstorming new ideas in my career. And uh, sometimes it's really hard. So... Any, where is any this? Thoughts?
2: Where? Wh- how old are you?
4: Um, thirty-four.
2: Thirty-four. And where is this arthritis located?
4: Um, in my wrist. Uh, mainly right now in my wrist. It started in my foot, but in uh, mm-hmm. past three months, it's in both wrists, both fi- in both fingers and hands.
2: Hmm. Is this so a new I thing? I feel
4: like. Pardon me. Is it new? Um. Yes, it is new.
2: So you didn't have it up until just recently, and now it's it's showing up. And what are the doctors, what are they telling you?
4: Well, the Western doctors, you know, lots of heavy medicine. You know, I'm even on mm-hmm. chemotherapy medicine, and I do injections. And um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I believe for like eight months, I've had it for less than a year, but it uh, just keeps getting a little bit worse and moving in different areas, and You know, like I said, I tried, you know, juicing and raw food and acupuncture and, you know, vision boards and all kinds of stuff. And it was just, you know, it was in my knees all summer and I couldn't walk. So I finally I had to turn to Western medicine. Um, But I just wonder, I had already felt like I wanted to move in a new direction in my career. So I almost wonder if it's like some kind of a sign and
2: Mm and uh,
4: you know if you're a chef and you can't use your hands i mean it's kind of like wow
2: (laughs) yeah what if uh courtney what if you couldn't um what if you couldn't think the thought that this thing is getting worse in your body what if you just like it was impossible for you to think that what what would you be thinking if you just because i know you've gotten a lot of uh uh, I know, the, especially the kind of medication that you're taking and so on. Um, supposing you just, you know, your mind just wouldn't allow you to think about this thing getting worse. What what would what would change for you? How would you feel?
4: Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'd probably be working on my book and, and just, yeah, it's really hard. I know what you're saying, but it's really hard. You know, I mean, just doing the dishes, opening a car door, you know, right. everything. It's such a... Exactly. But
2: suppose, but what I'm saying is, I'm not saying okay. that you don't experience whatever whatever discomfort that is coming from the okay. from the arthritis. I'm just saying, supposing you couldn't think that it's going to get worse and that it is getting worse.
4: Okay. Suppo- yeah.
2: If you if you couldn't have that thought, imagine now. So it's like every time you your thought instead of going to oh my god here's that arthritis and it's getting worse and so on, you'd have to think something else. Because okay. of, this is just a little game we're playing. And what you'd have I, to think would be, what would be the opposite of it's uh, going to get worse? What would be a reverse thought of that?
4: Well, I feel
2: great. I feel great. I f- yeah. And what's going to happen to me? It's going to get better. It's going to, I'm going to start healing. So it's like, you know, what you've got programmed into you is a lo- an enormous amount of doubt. Um, and it isn't, this isn't the fault of the medical community. It isn't the fault of anyone. Anyway, it's just one of the great big excuses that we use. I've just written an entire book about this um, <clears throat> called Excuses Be Gone, but it's not out yet. Um, um, but, but the idea here is that, um, that, that this negativity, this doubt, this uh, believing that there's nothing that I can do about my body. I want you to read uh, Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief. If okay, you can find this you uh, Lipton, L-I-P-T-O, and you can get it through Hay House. So you okay. can just call the, the 800 number at Hay House, 654-5126, after we hang up, and they, they'll they send it to you. Um, okay. the, it's a very important and powerful book because what it does is it teaches us that we have within us the capacity to change our DNA, to change well, around our, our literal genetic structure which may have been you know broken down in some way to create this uh, this uh, onslaught of, of arthritis in your body my friend Bikram who runs Bikram Yoga uh, that I have been doing for all three and a half years now said mm-hmm. very clearly in class one day that arthritis cannot live in a body that does Bikram Yoga five times a week it's wow. not possible it's not possible for it to live there um, I'd like you to really look at that. And uh, you live in Vermont?
4: Yes, and I, I have done Bikram yoga um, for years and years, and I probably did my last class in March, and uh, and I still have a you know bunch of free classes I've signed up for in town. So it's just I, there would be some poses that I wouldn't be able to do, but I could probably get through sixty percent of the class. Yeah, you know, at, least, for- at least the first day, you know, and maybe it would get yeah. better.
2: And when did this arthritis start really revving up? Did you have it while you were doing, Bikram?
4: No, no. Mm-mm.
2: Hmm. Okay, so there's something really, I mean, and I, I'm a big believer in yoga. Yoga means union. Uh, Bikram yoga is, you know, you know, you do it in the heat and so on. But when you're starting, you know, it's like, and you don't go in there thinking, what's going to happen to me i can't do this posture i can't do that one it's like again you're going to you're you're deprogramming yourself from right. the subconscious conditioning that you have been receiving from everyone including all of your doctors and so on that this is a progressive disease that if you don't watch it and if you don't you know use a whole lot of medicines possibly even surgery down the road replacement of uh, various uh, Joints and so on. I mean, lots. You can see a, a progression of. I just did an all-day seminar with uh, a Christian Northrup, Doctor Doctor Northrup, um, and she said when you go to go to medical, when you go into the medical community, they're going to tell you one of two things. They're either going to tell you what's wrong or what's going to be wrong. Okay. Sure. Um, and so you you your subconscious has been really programmed with all of the horror shows that are going to come up because of this crippling arthritis that is on its path in your body and what you want to do is change that around you want to change your genes around g e n e s you want to change around you know the the way that you are processing the progression of this disease in your body so that your mind at least is working with you and, right. uh, and I, I call it re- removing yourself from all excuses. There are no excuses for this whatsoever. You know, you have within you the p- absolute power to connect to a source that is capable of removing that. One of the things that, that, that you can do that I know that you can do is, is Bikram Yoga uh, you know, at least three, four, five times a week. Just get yourself back committed to that. And don't think that there's not a connection between when you stopped and when this started. Okay. Oh, that's great. I'm
4: going to go tomorrow. I'm really excited. And I'm yeah, and you and I' to do... think, oh, gosh, how could I go to this class? But you're right. I'm going to
2: get this book. And... Oh, yeah. And nobody cares what you're doing. Nobody, You know, in fact, everybody there will be nothing but supportive. You know, I've met the most beautiful people I've ever met in my life at a yoga class, at a yoga studio. You're going to get so much support and so much caring for this. I'm telling you, five times a week, five times okay. a week, no matter how – uh You know, even if you can only do a third of the postures, five times a week, be there.
0: To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.